Well, welcome to the welcome to the journey, um, and uh, Teresa Yaling, thank you uh, for joining us this morning. And um, just as uh, I, I usually do, this is a this is a little bit different uh, podcast than we've had the last couple of ones, um, but it kind of goes in that same theme of transformation. Uh, the journey is a is really just a. Um, uh, a show that talks about individuals' stories of how they've had maybe obstacles in their life and what they learned from those obstacles, and then how do they uh, transform from those obstacles and then where they're at now in their life. And um, you and I have known each other for, uh, oh, I don't even know how many years now, but uh, when you came back to Rockford from Chicago, I think that's when we, uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we kind of connected. And do you, by any chance, do you remember what year that was? I don't, I don't really uh, 2013, I believe. Okay. Okay. That's about right. Yeah. So, uh, so why don't you tell us just a little bit, tell us a little bit about yourself for our listeners. And then, Mm -hmm. um, and then also how did you got in, um, you know, what you you do for a living? And, uh, and then obviously you have to tell us about, uh, all the, the Superman stuff behind you and (laughs) as well as, as well as the little (laughs) Superman that just walked by. So, uh, Oh, I know. I'm so sorry. I'm actually on an interview, baby. So you go sit down, you go sit down. Oh, I love you too. Um, so sorry. Um, yeah, so um, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, I think, um, yeah, it was 2013 when I came back from Chicago, but I started, it, it's been over 25 years of doing work in domestic violence services. And I started here in Rockford doing that um, at Remedies, which used to be Wave. And so, um, you know, I... Uh, I was, uh, the only thing I could say how I got into it, it was, I, I was, gosh, Rockford College, it was Rockford College at the time, not, not Rockford University. I'm sorry, just a second. Hey, hey, I'm on a video. I know, I'm trying to get him out of here. So anyways, I'm so sorry. Um, so anyways, I, um, um, was uh, graduating, but they wanted us to always volunteer like each summer. And so I chose to volunteer and uh, help with the hotline at uh, WAVE at the time. And well, then they needed somebody to work and then they hired me and then I, and it, it went from there. That's really how that all started. And I just loved it ever since um, to be a part of that field of yeah. study. So. Yeah. So, so maybe maybe just just a, a brief intro. You you're a social worker, LCSW, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so how how did you get into being a social worker? How why why social work? Why counseling? What, how, what, what's the story behind all that? It's kind of funny because I have a bachelor's in psychology, and I met a woman by the name of Mary Noggle who um, does therapy. I think still today, um, but I was working at LSSI. And she was a therapist there and she had both a master's in psychology and a master's in social work. And I was like, why would anybody do that? Mm -hmm. And so I asked her and she said, well, I have my master's in psychology and I couldn't get a job. (laughs) And so I got my master's in social work. I got a job. I go, I want one of those. So (laughs) I'm going to go for a master's in social work. Um, You know, and, and it, it just fit like, um, 
with what I was already doing because I had, I was still at wave and, and, or still helping out at wave, but I was at LSSI and, you know, so it, it just fit. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, good deal. So, so I know this month is domestic violence awareness month and just like, you know, I think it's great that we have these designated you know, days, you know, like, uh, you know, we're actually recording this on Native American, uh, Native American day, right? So, and, and for us, you know, for some of us who have a passion toward raising awareness um, regarding Native Americans, um, when that you know, started getting recognized uh, as Native American Day happened to be the same day that they've designated as Columbus Day. There, mm-hmm. you know, that's important. That's important. But as we know, with with this particular Native American Day or Domestic Violence Awareness Month or Suicide Awareness Month, it's more than just a particular month of the year that we need to be aware of this or a particular day it's it's all year round that we need to continue raising our awareness and being educated so so tell us a little bit about what you're doing what you're doing now and at at osf what you're doing now but then also Mm -hmm. is there anything is there anything particular you guys are doing this this month Thank you. Um, so I am the manager of the new, I would say fairly new, uh, OSF, um, trauma recovery center. Um, and it's pretty, uh, it, it's amazing what, uh, this model is like and how we are supposed to really try and, uh, implement this whole model because, um, model actually comes out of San Francisco. Uh, it's been evidence-based, uh, showing great outcomes for, uh, clients for well over 15 years. Uh, the, um, uh, with what they did, which I was like, why didn't I do this? They patented it pretty much and go to states and sell it to the state. Like, hey, this is a great model. This is something that we know works with people who have been a victim of violent crime. So domestic violence fits into that, sexual assault, um, you know, gun violence, things like that. And so at this time, there's about 40 trauma recovery centers throughout the United States and about nine states now. And we are one of five in Illinois. Mm. Um, so um, it's it's a huge network <laughs> uh, because they have some in Ohio, they have some in you know New Jersey, here, there, and everywhere. But it's a it's amazing the the things that people are doing um, in all these uh, you know different cities that have high crime rates. So like in Illinois, there's Rockford, there's Peoria. Um, Springfield, Chicago, and Aurora, I believe at this time, that all have like the, the TRCs because of the high, high crime rate uh, for violent crime. So and obviously we've been hearing the news lately that yes, we, we fit right into that category. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, what we do is we are traveling therapist. I manage the therapist. Um, I have a clinical supervisor who um, helps me clinically with any questions. Um, we have case management uh, or case managers, and um, we can do advocacy work. So we can go to a courthouse with them and sit with them if they have a court 
case. We can help them fill out an order of protection because all of my staff are 40 hour training domestic violence. Um, they can um, go to their homes to provide these services. At this time with what had happened with the pandemic, we've been doing a lot of actual telehealth mm -hmm. um, with all these different services, um, which has been <laughs> quite interesting because really we, we opened our doors to people officially on February 1st. So oh. we've only, we've, we, we really have only been open for a short time and we already have a waiting list. Mm. Um, I mean, it took about five and a half months to get close to the waiting list. And it's just, it's just exploded. Um, and I, and I understand why. So we go to the, we meet the clients where they're at We've um, also said we'll meet them in the community if that's better and safer, you know, wherever. Um, but we bring it to them. They don't come to us if they don't need to. If they want to, that's great. But that's not a requirement to get the services. So, um, and we also have um, uh, an outreach person. And this outreach person, outreach person actually outreaches to the clients. So if they're on the waiting list, they meet with them weekly until we can get them in to see a therapist. We start them with maybe case management services, um, you know, advocacy if we need to um, while they're on the waiting list. Or she will try and reach out for about a month if, if clients have sort of dropped off, like all of a sudden we, we're, we're not seeing people that were once engaged. She will try and re-engage them. And she's done a really amazing job and we actually have an 80% return rate when she's advocating and really trying to work because our job is to remove all barriers so that they can get the services that they need and so it's it's a tall order sometimes but we really uh, want to try and do the best we can so um, we really try to problem solve with the with the clients in order to make sure they get those services so, so I was curious, you've been involved with uh, domestic violence or DV um, mm -hmm. treatment and education your, your entire career. And so, so you've been around a lot of different programming. So, and I can hear in your voice that you're like excited, you know, very excited about this particular <laughs> program. So, so, so it, just for the audience sake, as, as well as for my, my own, what is it? different about TR that is what's what's different about it than some other programming that you've you know not and I'm not trying to say like one's better than the other or, right. you know that type of thing right. but what what have you noticed with this particular uh format this particular program what is it what does it bring to the table that maybe what you haven't you had not experienced in other programming oh sure yeah I think the first off is I think the investment that they that the um, trainers from San Francisco had, you know, when they sell this idea, they're like, you have to invest in the people. So actually giving them more than just a okay wage. So we're really trying to have people that um, aren't just coming right out of school, have no idea what's going on. I mean, it's, we want people that are seasons that season that can do this work. Um, they want us to, um, 
take care of ourselves. So they actually built in where they're, they're like, you know what, at least an hour you need to schedule it per week where you do self-care, um, make sure that you're doing this. Also, uh, the therapists, they only have a caseload of 15. So in normal traditional therapy, you could have 30, you know, 25, 30, you know, because they're really supposed to, um, one, give therapy in, in intensively for maybe 16 to up to 32 weeks. And really it's to stabilize them. And, um, but so that maybe they can go to, you know, therapy so that they can, oh, okay, now I can continue on because um, maybe traditional therapy uh, didn't work for them, right? Um, and we make sure that our therapists are, um, not just trauma informed, but they're certified trauma, you know, therapists so that they have a certain knowledge around not just PTSD, but complex trauma, really making sure that they're, uh, making sure that they understand that because it, it, wow, it's, it's huge when you think about complex trauma versus PTSD and how that, how that goes. We take about four hours or so split up to do a ton of gathering of information around trauma throughout their whole life. I mean, because we're not billing insurance, we can take that time and really, really ask a lot of questions. Um, and so it's, it's really a great focus and, and you can see it and you can see people, um, you know, getting better because we also, because of evidence-based, we, uh, every like maybe fourth or eighth interval, we will do new tools every single time so that we can measure the success. So th those are things that are all built into this program that really nobody has time for in other programs. I mean, it's really about managing crisis, I think, in other, other programs and not necessarily getting into the, the, the meat, you know, that we need to get to. So, okay. So let me kind of paraphrase for, for myself, but then also maybe people that are listening, you know, when sure. we think, when we think about, or when, when we use the, when you and I use the concept empirical based uh, research, right? Mm -hmm. 30 seconds. What does that mean? Oh, like that. Yeah. So <laughs> 30 seconds, <laughs> put me on the spot. Kevin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, what I can tell you is that there is um, folks that are, uh, you know, experts in fields that actually publish a list quarterly will say, you know, the research shows that this model of therapy works, maybe this type of population. And so we have to go by that list to make sure that we are providing that type of therapy that is considered evidence-based so it helps us to know that it works gotcha. <laughs> for okay. that you know that client gotcha. or that yeah that population yeah so, so amazing. I, 
I heard something uh, probably in the past month or so, and it, it, it was it was an interview I was listening to, and they were talking about the scientific method, and and in the scientific method, which which may not always be used by media and uh, social media uh, when when coming or forming a thought or a theory about something that the scientific method is I have a theory and then I intentionally go and try to prove it wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and based upon me trying to prove my theory wrong, maybe I'll find out that my theory or my hypothesis was incorrect, or I may find out that no matter what I try to do, my hypothesis or my theory stands. So the, so the mm-hmm. idea is unlike confirmation bias when I'm looking out on my social media to find things to support what I'm already thinking um, and ignore things that are contrary to that, um, the true scientific method does, does the exact opposite. We're, we're, we're intentionally trying to debunk or try to derail this hypothesis or theory so that when something is then later considered empirical-based, we know that this has been tested more than once. It's been tried more than once by different people. And the results are within a certain range of being similar. Correct. Does that sound right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, so, and, and so what I'm hearing you say regarding TR is that one of the things they do instead, besides awareness and education, it's actually um, going into the history of the individual client and how, how and when, when, and then how has that trauma throughout their life been, uh, been impacting them? I think I lost you. Oh. Are you still there? Oh, it, yeah, I was like, all of a sudden, yes, can yep. you hear me? Yep, yep, I can hear you now. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, okay, can you say that one more time? So, so with, with, with TR, the, the thing that sounds like it's different is besides trying to raise, you know, trying to bring individuals resources and education, it really specifically goes into the history of the events of trauma in their life, but then also the effect of that, the ripple effect of trauma throughout their life and, and trying to bring that story to light. And then how do we, inter- how do you guys intervene with how that story is coming to light? Is that, right. is that did yeah. I paraphrase that correctly? I think so. And then that way we can actually help the ourselves and the client understand the difference between PTSD and complex trauma if we find out that a lot of things happened at the start of their development. So it's going to look a lot different and then, you know, maybe just a traditional PTSD. So, um, so that's why sure. we really want to look into that. And, and maybe, maybe you can, when you think, when you think of PTSD in comparison to complex trauma, 
how, how would you describe, because we know that term right now is, is used quite a bit, um, PTSD, and, and, and some may even say that it's being overused uh, after being underused for so long. Um, but how would you describe for the, for the average listener the difference between PTSD and complex trauma? So when we think about complex trauma, we're thinking about um, uh, an incident, a traumatic incident that happened uh, when we were a child and it, that it interrupts our development and actually can rewire our brain uh, so that we kind of walk around then as we keep developing, depending on how many things are happening in our lives that are traumatic, it, it's like we are making decisions with this lens of trauma. So we're constantly, we, we go through life like that. Um, Post-traumatic stress disorder, think of that as something that happens as we're an adult, we've already developed uh, and yes, it's a uh, traumatic experience. And yes, you have these symptoms, but it's not necessarily about rewiring the brain like what we're talking about with uh, complex trauma. And the symptoms uh, for complex trauma uh, can include um, things that I think a lot of people are stamped with is, you know, oh, you know, we're not thinking about complex trauma where the, oh, they had uh, PTSD, but then they have a personality disorder of some sort. Uh, and that's usually because there's a, a tie to some complex trauma that happened when they were a child. And so it changed their development and their personalities in some ways. Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, again, just kind of paraphrasing for our listeners as well as myself, is that um, uh, it, it has the complex trauma piece of it one there is going to be a history of some type of trauma during those developmental years <clears throat> and and then again that ripple effect of not only the event which is the trauma itself but then the 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 impression that has now laid not only maybe biochemically but then also cognitively the story that they tell themselves afterwards so, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a combination of all those things. And then, and then of course it may, my guess is, is that there may be repetitive trauma as well. It's not just, it's just not an isolated situation that happens when someone's six years old, but it may be living in that environment or community aspect of it where there's, you know, it happens in the house, but then it also happens in the neighborhood. It also happens at school. Right. Right. And generational violence yep. and yeah, all of, all of the above. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Great. Mm-hmm. So, so um, during this, so during this particular month, um, are there any particular things that you guys uh, at OSF and at uh, with the, with the TR program, the trauma recovery program, is there anything in particular you guys are doing extra this month or, or just to kind of raise that awareness because it being DV month? trying to raise uh, people's awareness and try to get people um, in the, like our doctors and nurses to sort of think about it. Uh, and I know that 
trying to yeah. tell people like I think the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence is asking people every, everywhere to wear purple on um, I think it's the 21st of October um, and there's other things I think going on in the community that we would try and jump in on like through remedies um, if they're doing anything because um, I think you usually do some uh a few things, um, but I can't remember exactly. Um, but I think also what I try to do is in our local, or I should say OSF news, I try to give stats and so that maybe it can kind of, you know, make us think about stuff. So if you think about, you know, one minute passes by in the United States, 24 people have been victimized by a violent crime, and it's usually domestic violence or sexual assault. Um, and that's 24 people a minute in the US. So I, when I think of that, I'm like, what? That, that just, it's so hard to comprehend. And, uh, but we need to know um, these things that we can understand that there's to be done and that we need to continue to help people understand, you know, um, that this is going on, how to help folks and, and maybe to stop the cycle in their own lives and not pass it on to their own children or whatever it is that we can do to intervene and stop this from going on. So, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and I know you, you're aware of this about, uh, I think it was 11 years ago or so, I started uh, volunteering to help out at the, uh, facilitate the homicide support group for the William Bay County. And, yeah. and you know, it's a, it's a very, you know, a difficult group to facilitate because of the, the intense grief or the complicated grief that is happening um, be, because of the traumatic, uh, because of all these individuals, they, they, they come to this group because a loved one experienced some type of traumatic, uh, traumatic death. And, um, and, and I don't know exactly the, the statistics regarding the Winnebago County, the homicides in Boone and Winnebago County. Um, but I know that at least half consistently every month, half of half of the group of loved ones that come uh, their loved one died Yes, they died by homicide, but they were in a domestic violence. Domestic, it was a domestic violence situation or a relationship in which they were in a domestic violence um, partnership, and um, and then the end result of that was was their loved one died uh, from homicide. And so, you know, what the work that you're doing is very real because almost all those situations, there's children involved, and um, and then yeah, un unfortunately. Absolutely. And unfortunately, some some of them, uh, some of those homicides were were double and triple homicides because there was loved ones. The, the a, a mom died and then children died as well as a result of that domestic violence. And yeah. so um, so the work that you guys are doing is like extremely important um, and and to not only intervene so that it doesn't not just end in in a homicide, but but all the other um the, the difficulties that transpire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was one thing I forgot to mention too, is that we also help the um, witnesses or the people that are 
left grieving the loss. So we can also help the whole family with therapy and whatnot. And because uh, it, it, people don't understand the ecological damage that is done, you know, how it spreads to everybody once one person is murdered or, you know, or something traumatic happens, it really does touch the lives around us and, and our environment. So it's, it's, it's just so sad. Yeah, very, very much so. So, so Teresa, what would be if someone who was listening and someone either was concerned about themselves or concerned about uh, someone in their circle, either a friend or a family member, um, what, what's, what's the, what's, what's a way that they can try to do so? How do they reach you guys? How do they, what should they do? Yeah, so um, a couple of things. I mean, if they can, and I'm sorry, I don't have like phone numbers in, in front of me. I should have that ready. But, you know, there's always the National Coalition for, um, Against Domestic Violence that has like a, a hotline. Illinois has our own domestic violence hotline uh, that can give you resources or, you know, point you in the right direction. Um, in this area, we do have remedies uh, that can help with, you know, talking to someone or answering questions, but also for us, you know, um, OSF, you can call like the, the main number and ask for the trauma recovery center. And we usually say, please say strive trauma recovery center. Otherwise you're going to be sent to our trauma recovery for physical recovery. <laughs> um, and so, um, you know, that's the the best way and just to know that if you're concerned about somebody in your family just make sure you don't cut that communication off um, but it is hard to support folks knowing they're in you know these dangerous situations and so it's, it's really hard for people to support somebody in that situation um, but then also if you're in a situation like that and safety Safety planning is really important. Uh, just there's a, it's important to really know that it, unfortunately, domestic violence doesn't get any better. It gets worse, mm-hmm. you know, and it does end up in possible death. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, you know, that's why we like really try to educate folks that this isn't just a one-time deal. This really continue. This is a pattern of behavior, and so how can we help you? I think I think as we get ready to wrap up for today, that I think that's a great point, Teresa. Is that um, because I think that's part of the magical thinking that if we get married, then the domestic violence will end. If we have a child, the domestic violence will end. If we move, you know, away from some of these stressors, it will somehow get better. That's not to say someone who is a domestic violence perpetrator can't change. We know right. that through 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 therapy, through education, through intention of doing their life different, they can change. Sure. But it won't be because it's a geographical change or some type of relationship status change. And right. and, and I think it's so important for people who are in, in a victim role of, of that to to know that uh, that just because if we just get to the next level of 
whatever status of relationship, marriage, or, or, uh, you know, being, being exclusive or whatever, then somehow he or she will um, not physically hurt me or emotionally hurt me anymore. There's, there's not much empirical evidence to support that. Um, Or, or any, I should say. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, Teresa, thank you so much for the work that you're doing and, um, and the work, the work that you've committed your entire life and career to. Um, so, so, and, and I, and I, I know that you still have a long ways to go. You're, I see your little one. Uh, how, how old is your son now? He's five and loves every superhero possible. Yeah. 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 So you said he's five right now, right? Mm -hmm. Wow. It's just crazy. He looks like he's definitely got his dad's height. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm like already he's, yeah, yeah, he's already tall, but, but both of us stopped growing like middle school so we'll see if he at least keeps going (laughs) sure 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 okay so again Teresa thank you thank you so much for being with us today um and uh again I think I'll I'll make sure that those numbers that you were referring to I'll make sure those are in the uh show notes so uh so so people will have access to that so again thank you for being on the show and um as as always we're, we're whenever we have these particular awarenesses um, regarding domestic violence, regarding suicide awareness, um, wh- whatever they may be that we're trying to feature on the show, um, not only internalize that information yourself, but please share that or comment on it. And because you never know who may need to hear that information and who may feel like they are stuck in that darkness and don't think they can get out, but they are resources um, like, like Teresa's offering with um, the trauma recovery at uh, at St. Anthony's Hospital, as well as other areas here in the, in the local area. As always, thank you for being with us, and I look forward to being with you next week.